All right, so welcome back to the Shardbreaker podcast. We are on episode five. I am Midnight, and I am here with Darkness. Hello. And Mythic. Hello. We did chapters 19 through 22 this week, right? <laughs> you guys nope. almost uh, joke. 50. We, we went to 50. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm sure it's you did. Right, Darkness? Yeah. Right, Darkness, we totally went to 50. We know the entire story already. Mm-hmm. We're just here faking it. I'm sure. <laughs> um, all right, so I guess we'll just go straight in. Uh, yeah, so can't just... you tell from my lifeless expression? <laughs> Are you Claude now? Hey, <laughs> new person that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to we'll get to Claude. All right, so uh, yeah, we start chapter nineteen with uh, Vivenna. As uh, she, Dent, and Tonkfa are checking out a new house. It's apparently uh, a three-floor row house, so technically two floors and like a cellar. Uh, and there's palm trees on either side to help prevent uh, people spying on them. Uh, and it's stated as being less ostentatious than Lamex's previous house, uh, but and modest by Helandrian standards. But apparently, it's almost as large as the Idrian Castle. So, like, apparently, they just have giant houses here in Helandrian compared to Idri- Idris. Um, apparently just absolutely massive. Um, and then, yeah, so they've apparently spent a bunch of money on furniture, which I think Parlin had gone to pick up, uh, so that they could keep up appearances, because I think Vivenna did not want to spend money on it, but Dent was like, we don't want the neighbors asking questions, basically. Uh, and yeah, Dent has hired a gang of burglars to ransack Lamex's old house some more, uh, and that way when the city guard... Uh, show up eventually. They'll just assume the place had been burglarized. Uh, and they he paid the nurse off uh, so that no one will be there to claim Lamex's body. And it can be burned and the house forfeited because they obviously don't want to be anyone to associate them with Lamex. Uh, and Vivenna is feeling very awkward about Pagans dealing with Lamex's body, but she's uh, reminded by Dent, or I think she's, she's reminded that uh, he held breaths that her breaths that her father paid for and she also now holds them so she's she's a little uncomfortable with the whole thing but i think that's kind of just what happens when you're a spy and you don't want to be caught associating with a spy (laughs) um and then yeah so they end up sitting on the floor and discussing plans but dense dense states that he wants to get vivenna in contact with far's allies who we learn got his breasts from people working in the dye fields to try and revolt against the overseers of the fields so apparently var was just like um this like lowly uh like worker in these dye fields apparently like people are pretty pretty poor all the workers out in the dye fields and yeah that's that's how his revolt started so that's a little bit more information on him um, and Dent says they can use the leftover field workers to revolt to cause a distraction. And Dent also mentions potentially raiding the lifeless storage warehouse. Uh, and the final suggestion is raiding merchant caravans to disrupt food and other supplies. Um, Vivenna mentions she doesn't want the people of Halandrin to starve, but Dent mentions how Halandrin is trying to go to war with Idris, and that once they have an heir, they'll want to kill everyone else of the royal bloodline. So that he's just like... They're gonna, they're gonna kill you, they're gonna kill your family, like, you, you do not worry about them. Uh, so yeah, what, what do you guys think about their plans? I mean, don't all talk at once. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Darkness was gonna take that, but uh, I think, I think their plans are pretty sound in comparison to what 
they should be. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they're revolutionaries, or at least that's how they're seen. Uh, they're trying to create what the city doesn't want, which is like you know chaos, so that the war will be favored on uh, the Venice side. So it's kind of what you have to do in that in scenario. Mm-hmm. What about you, Darkness? Um, honestly, in my opinion, I think that, like, it makes sense to go with that sort of plan. But there's also so many risk factors because of the amount of exposure you're going to go through. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think they said the lifeless, Ray in that lifeless warehouse, like, that's probably yeah. pretty well guarded. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, Dent mentions specifically that it's going to be very dangerous, but that it, dangerous jobs pay well. <laughs> So they're they're happy to do it. Pretty sure he also made the joke about uh, hazard pay. Yeah, has that, that that's what it was. It was it was hazard pay was what he specifically said about it. Uh, also, do you do you think they'll actually be able to accomplish all of these plans that they have? Nope. <laughs> Not at all. You think plans it's too much? I think Devena is gonna screw it up. Oh. With her moral high ground. <laughs> you said no as well, Darkness. Yeah, no plans never go as you know well. Plan. Yeah. <laughs> At least they have plans, though. I mean, Vivenna didn't have much plans when she came into the city, especially with Lamex yeah. being dead mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty quick. <laughs> she was just pretty much gonna rely on him. It seemed like so now she's kind of like, oh fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah. So after they're discussing their plans, uh, the door bursts open and a lifeless soldier walks in. Which causes Vivenna to freak out uh, and tries to get Denth and Tonkfa to attack. But there's like sitting there being like, oh no, we're going to be executed. The city guard has found us. Oh no. <laughs> I, that's, that's how I imagine them saying it. Just like super... That's how it's said in the audiobook too. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then they just oh, begin no. laughing. Oh no. Whatever will we do? <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's uh, notice that the lifeless, who we learn is named Claude. Uh, is carrying canvas bags, and we meet Jules. And Jules mentions that he is back in the city. Uh, Dent says that uh, he owes him a sword through the uh, through the gut, and that he was a better swordsman than Arsteel, who was killed by the man they're discussing. It's then brought up that apparently the mercenaries uh, have had Claude for months, and it just apparently just never came up. They just never met, just decided not to mention it. Uh, Dent also likens Lifeless to swords and tools, and states that many people in the city own them. Uh, what do you think about considering lifeless like tools? Uh, do you think they have any humanity left, or are they really just like kind of like robotic like tools to be used for your disposal? They're corpses, of course. They're tools. Like, unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but like, it's either you're dead in the ground, or you know, burned, cremated, whatever, uh, or you're walking around helping somebody, which you then become a tool. I mean, it's the same as any other tool, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Darkness? Oh, uh, there's so many like different things I could say, considering that the fact that they they were people, so you gotta respect that, you know, mm-hmm. like with a sort of point of view. Why do you right? have to respect that though? I mean, the meta does. <laughs> There's different well, people yeah, have a lot yeah, of different yeah, yeah. opinions I, I, on well, corpses. I, my 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 question isn't trying to. I'm not trying to like attack you about your opinion, <laughs> know, I, Darkness. I, I, but like, I think. What is your opinion, not Vivenna's opinion, but what's your I, opinion I, I know, on... You gotta think about it. 
uh, not everyone's gonna be want isn't gonna want to be used that way, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be disrespectful to the person if they obviously don't want to be used in that sort of way. Okay, so um, let let's say let's say you know like organ donors, right? You, you pre give consent to use your organs when you die. Uh-huh. How is that any different than giving, like, if they gave pre-written consent of using their bodies when they die? Well, I, th- like, I think I think what Darkness is saying is you have to respect their way either way. Like, it's, yeah, it would be, you either give consent before you die or you don't use them as lifeless. Yeah, but I severely doubt that they ask for consent in order to, you know. I think they out. ask somebody for consent. I They might, they might ask later. the families, because, like, it might be similar yeah. to how people sell their breath. Like, we don't know much, but it could be similar mm-hmm. to, like, De- you're poor your family member dies instead of you might <laughs> not be able to corpse. pay for a funeral so you sell their corpse to be used as a lifeless because you're poor <laughs> I mean, and then it, it's brought up by Vivenna but or not Vivenna but uh, uh, not talked about the other one Dent. Dent? Um, it's brought up but then they technically no longer have a soul technically in like Vivenna's view of what a soul is they are now soulless creatures, and so technically, that's what you're using. You're using the body. You're not using the soul. So, like the soul passes on. It's just a body. I mean, in my opinion, it's a lot better than putting it in a box under the ground. <laughs> to be fair, also, uh, Vivenna though also considers drab basically to be soulless. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, but. I'm also like wondering how the preservation works <laughs> of the body. Oh yeah, well, like they're just walking around and you know they're not decomposing. Yeah, they're apparently yeah. not decomposing. Yeah. So we don't know exactly must be, how that works. It must works. be one of the it must be one of the magical things of this world. Yeah, we'll we'll eventually get a little bit more about how lifeless are created uh, in uh, Vasher's chapter later, but mm-hmm. for now that we don't have much about that. Um. But yeah, so anyways, uh, Jules has brought uh, Denthentot Fa some weapons. They've got uh, some large swords, some daggers, and some shorter swords, uh, which they're pretty happy about. Uh, and then Denth uh, notices how uncomfortable Vivenna is and says if she can't work with Jules and Claude, then he'll quit and she can hire someone else. Uh, and he also briefly makes a comment about the five visions, which makes Vivenna wonder how he knows about ostracism. Uh, Denth then tries to convince Vivenna to become an awakener, and uh, she refuses. She's like, that, that's not happening. Um, so I'm just curious, what what do you think about how, uh, why do you think Dunth knows about ostracism? Do you think it's just like, he's just heard about it? Like, he seemed to, like, know a bit about which, apparently, she, do you think it's just people of Halandrin know more about that than she would expect them to? Or does he have, like, specifically looked into it? I mean, he seems like a very intelligent person, uh, especially when, you, when it comes to later, but, mm-hmm. like... So I feel like he, if he didn't look it up, he must have he might have lived in some place that also you know followed the same teachings, um, whether it be uh, her own city or a different city that just has the same ideals. But I feel like it's probably that kind of concept that it was uh, a different city, the same ideals. Yeah, I think I think they just have ties to like you know that sort of area. You know, like they know mm-hmm. someone or like they've experienced what like you know like they've seen what other people experience throughout like 
that sort of religion, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think it's that obscure of a knowledge. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we don't know why Vivenna would be confused about that. I mean, to be fair, um, the Idrians seem to look down a lot on the Halandrans because they're like, oh, they're pagans, they're rebels. So she yeah. might just assume like, oh, no one in Halandran would even bother to understand yeah. other religions. But like, people, even if it's people, generally do know about religions, even if it's not their own. Like, they don't know yeah. maybe everything, but they do know probably some basic tenets of a lot of different religions, even if you don't worship it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, neither it could. I feel like it's either hinting at like. Den- I mean, we find out later as Mythic mentioned that like Denth has a bit more depth to him than he tries to let on. Um, but also, um, I think Vivenna just has a lot of biases and she looks down on the people of Halandran a lot. So could be um, either or both. I, I feel like she looks down on them, but I feel like she also kind of like pities them. Like she believes that they're not all evil people, but like, uh, just led astray, I guess. Yeah, I think she. Well, she thinks like the people in power are definitely evil, and yeah, mm-hmm. she probably oh, yeah. feels like the the people who are kind of like lower down in like society are probably yeah, just like. I mean, you're you live where you live, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't always get to I mean, choose. <laughs> yeah, because I believe when once uh, it's explained later that they use children's br- or well, they use one breath or whatever. She kind of has like that uh, feeling of like uh, regret for them. As in, like, mm-hmm. you know, they she she's sad for the people that are just giving away, you know, their breath to these gods. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's shown that Vivenna is a very compassionate person, but she also has a lot of biases against, obviously. I mean, her, from their view of history, like, her family has been, like, kicked out and, like, a lot of bad stuff mm-hmm. has happened to her people. So, like, I feel like her biases are somewhat justified. In oh, a way, yeah, 100%. yeah, and but yeah, I think she she is a very compassionate person. I feel like, uh, but yeah, and then I feel like the most interesting part of uh, their conversation is uh, Jules and Denth go back to talking about the man from earlier, who we learn is Vasher. No, uh, they said no. His name is. No, Tax. I was going by. Yeah, we learn it's Vasher, who is also goes by the name Tax. You didn't let me finish my sentence. <laughs> well, I mean, they don't explain the that he's Vasher till after. Like yeah. they, they address him as Tax, yeah. which made me think, okay, maybe it's somebody completely different all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And then they said Vasher. Yeah, well, then they they, like, ah. they mentioned the sword, which kind of gives away. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and they also mentioned the bodies. Yeah, I was gonna get into that. Finally, it's... somebody finally somebody notices them. Yeah, so we learn that the wounds specifically left by Nightblood are co- are they call them corrupt and black, uh, which we'll we'll get into a little bit about Nightblood how Nightblood like hurts people uh, later again. Yeah. We'll learn more about him later, but um yeah, and they describe Vasher as bad trouble and someone who doesn't like people and has strange motivations. Uh, it's also mentioned that he's interested in the war. Uh, they mention that Vasher isn't as good a duelist as Arsteel and Denth, and that they can't believe he beat Arsteel fairly. They kind of, they seem to have thought he cheated, even though Arsteel did not have those black and corrupted wounds uh, from Nightblood. Um, Vivenna then mentions that she saw Vasher, uh, and Denth curses and says he definitely knows who Vivenna is and is probably planning to kill her. And Tonkfa tries to reassure Vivenna by saying Vasher wants to kill them too. 
Uh, so yeah, what do you what do you think about these opinions of Vasher? Uh, probably not unfounded, that's for sure. I'm just wondering how how close they were at some point, considering that they seem to know him pretty well. Yeah, it sounds like he might have been part of their crew, or at that's least like, uh, or at least like worked with them a fair bit based on how they talk about him here. Well, I, mean, I mean, later when they explain how brief understanding of how they all came to know each other in the way mm -hmm. um it it could be explained that you know he was a very good swordsman or whatever and you know they they saw that and said okay well we need the best of everything so we're gonna bring him in you know or maybe he was a good he was a good awakener at one point mm -hmm. i'm still i'm still sitting on the on the theory though that he was uh at one point one of the uh gods here but mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we do learn that neither Tax nor Vasher are his, I believe, his original names. Mm -hmm. So I think they say at one point, oh, he's going he's going by Vasher right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's going by Tax at the time. Known as Tax, yeah. Yeah, known as Tax back yeah, then. They didn't, yeah, they never assume his name completely. Yeah. And I mean, as far as we know, Jules, Denth, and Tonkfa aren't their real names either. Like, it probably makes sense that you wouldn't go by your real name when you're doing this sort of work. But what kind of a name is Denth? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that Tax is a bit of a weird name. I mean, so is Jewel. I mean, I guess Jewel's is a little less weird, but they're oh, both Jewel's kind of just names. They're both just Tonk, words. Tonkfa Tonk definitely seems like it's a, a normal name. Yeah, Denth, Denth and Tonkfa, based on like other names we've seen, I feel like are more normal. Mm -hmm. I mean, Vasher seemed more normal to me than Tax. <laughs> yeah, true. But I mean, then again, you also have gods that are called like you know, Light Song and Dreamweaver. Well, I mean, the the, the gods though have very obvious like given names based on like that's supposed to like represent them. I don't think they're supposed to be like normal people names, like because they're above people. Maybe uh maybe uh or Vasher became Vasher or Tax. His name is actually Nightblood. <laughs> you think Vash Vasher's god name was Nightblood and that's why he calls the sword Nightblood? <laughs> yeah, maybe he put his godliness into the sword. I mean, Nightblood I mean, is much more of a god's name than <laughs> Vasher yeah, attacks. And that, that, and I mean, even later when you find out, you know, with that, he even just in the beginning, he's very childlike. Mm -hmm. Like, Nightblood is just such a child. He is, he I love have, him. I he's like, like a, he, he's a yeah, petulant little like he child. I feel like he can't have been... Yeah, I can't, I can't feel like he's been alive that long. Mm. Oh, I mean... Honestly, Nightblood's one of my favorite characters. I love I love his little interactions. <laughs> they make me so happy. Wait, I thought, I thought uh, Jules and... Uh, wow, I can't remember that. Dude's name now. Claude? But life, lifeless, yeah. No, they're not uh, my favorite. Were your favorites. No, no, no. Oh. No, no, no. Uh... Nightblood. Night. I have two favorites, and Nightblood's one of them. So, I like a lot of the characters, but Night Nightblood's one of my favorite. Characters. Just because I love his little interactions and pouting and stuff. <laughs> it's just so cute. Mm -hmm. I love evil swords. Apparently, well, not evil, but like murderous. Oh man! If I ever run a D and D campaign for you, <laughs> I know what to give you. Anyways, uh, Darkness, did you have any other opinions about Vasher, or should we move on to the next chapter? I think we're good. We're good? Alright. Yeah. Uh, so we're going into, I think, my probably my favorite chapter of this uh, this episode. 
which is we're going into Siri's POV. Uh, so Siri is neither tired nor nervous while waiting outside the God King's chambers. Uh, Bluefingers is there watching her silently, uh, for once not scribbling in his ledger, uh, which is noticeable because he's always scribbling in his ledger. Uh, it's apparently been a week since she first climbed into bed instead of sleeping on the floor, and the God King still has yet to touch her. Uh, the priests are also leaving her alone, and she feels she's beginning to learn the social dynamics of the palace. Um, so a quick question I wanted to ask here is, do, do you think Ciri's actually getting better with the social dynamics, or do you think she's maybe just, like, naive and thinks she knows more than she does? I think she's definitely naive, but, um, I mean, I think they're probably just kind of understanding and figuring out, like, her mannerisms and are working around them now mm. to make her feel as if she is much more at home here. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Darkness? I think she's actually learning how to navigate around this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Because from what I've read, a lot of people seem to think of her as actually naive. When it's yeah. just, like, her personality and her temper that make her seem like, you know, it's a little too much, a little extra, a little not. Right. Uh, they haven't you know. seen her. Te- they haven't seen her temper yet. Only, only well, the God King has. Yeah. <laughs> I light song. I, I think. I, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Light song did get a bit of it too. Yeah. I guess. Um, I, but I mean, like yeah. the majority of them haven't. Yeah, I was gonna say also. I think um, Bran is doing a lot of kind of like parallels and also like almost switches between Siri and Vivenna, where Vivenna's becoming more more like Siri. Yeah, yeah, more like Siri, and Siri's almost becoming more like Vivenna. Like Siri's getting more confident with oh, everything, yeah, whereas Vivenna's yeah, we, becoming we, we kinda, less we, confident. We, we kind of glossed over the fact that when uh, Claude walked in, her hair went white without yeah. her wanting yeah. it to, like, which is not like Vivenna from what we were, you know, yeah, her, she was introduced perfectly to. in control yeah. of her hair at all times before, and like we're not getting a lot of like mentions anymore of Ciri's hair suddenly turning white. Like she was controlling it to be blonde to match the dress previously, and like we're not getting a lot of those like sudden changes where it's they're doing a big like kind of switch in confidence levels it seems like which i always so find then, interesting so we're gonna read we're gonna read and it's gonna be like vivetta was in the god keeps chamber <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so uh we then have blue fingers speaking to siri uh who states that she's doing her duty to produce an heir and he's like uh yeah no that was the danger that i was trying to warn you of uh mm-hmm. was producing an heir and Bluefinger says she must not have a child, as it'll put both herself and the God King in danger. Bluefinger and also... the God yeah, King. Yeah, we're gonna get to. I'm gonna ask questions about that. Oh, I got. God. I gotta finish this little section. But yeah, Bluefinger's <laughs> also states that he will no longer wait with Siri outside the God King's bedchambers, and that she should wait about a hundred heartbeats before entering after the servants let her into the hallway. Which I don't know how you like time a hundred heartbeats like I, I i don't count my hearts i don't know how to <laughs> i don't know how to time that but anyways um bluefingers also says that he's a part of several factions within the palace and that if she says anything if she says anything to anyone he could be killed apparently the reason he is warning her is because there are things about the arrangement that he does not agree with his only hint is uh for her to read her histories and that she just should have been more prepared before coming here I have a couple questions about this, because we get a lot of information right here. So first of all, why do you think producing an heir is dangerous, not just to Ciri, but also the God King? Okay, so 
when you say this, now I already have the knowledge of what happens next. I know, I know. So I, so you can talk my, about it a little my, bit. I mean, we'll get we'll yeah. Get into so my more, my but. brain is already wrapping around what happened next to, in yeah. this uh, this chapter. So like, I already have the I, I had the feeling, but like it much more solidified. Um, but if the, she produces an heir, they're just gonna murder both of them. And then that'll be the new king kind of idea. Like, I feel like what happened at some point is that this god king isn't, he's not like outwardly revolting against them, but he's also not assisting whatever the factions behind the scenes are. And so they will, their idea was, okay, well, we'll, we'll put two, we'll throw two birds with one, or we'll kill two birds with one stone. We'll get rid of the king. Uh oh. Uh, Mythic? Mythic? Oh no. Mythic, you cut out. Oh no. I thought my headset cut out there for a second. Uh. <laughs> I think he's still talking, I don't know. Mythic? Mythic! Oh no. Oh no, do you want to message in Discord? Why is my thing keep oh. going out? There we go. Welcome back. I have to keep disconnecting it. What part did I miss? Uh... Where did I stop? So you were saying that God damn it. Uh you were at the part where you were you were saying that like um they were gonna kill two birds with one stone. Okay, yeah. they're gonna kill two birds with one stone, meaning like they're going to kill off all of the bloodline except for the heir, uh, and then kill the god king because he isn't uh doing whatever they want him to do or uh producing the right results that they're looking for so their idea is probably let's have them have an heir and then teach the heir how to be what we think is proper and then we'll have basically an uh unstoppable machine with this new king that we can mold and puppet the way we want which is what i feel like they tried to do with this king but can't for some reason they like maybe messed up or like I mean, we don't know how often the priests come and go. Maybe, like, he was raised with, like, different priests, and these priests have, like, different... Possibly. Different motivations. What do you think, Darkness? I'm more, like, wondering if the inheritance for, like, the breath of the previous king is instant. Is what, sir? You know what oh, I mean? it, oh, instant. Oh, I, I get what you're saying. So, like, as soon as she has the heir, or not... Yeah, as soon as... She starts to bear the air, it instantly takes the breath from the king. Yeah, like, like, like let's say she's giving birth, right? Mm -hmm. What if, like, there's no other choice but for the breath to go into the child? Oh, that's... Considering, oh. considering there is a lot of talk of it being stillborn, it would have yeah. to, you know... Oh, you're right. That would make a lot of sense. That the king then, has to save his own heir. Yeah, so in order for there to be, like, a, a, like a, a successing, like, you know, line... Like a future line, they, uh, he would have to give his breath somehow because he can't do it because of you know. <laughs> yeah, we will we find out later, but yeah, I mean, well, but... it doesn't make sense to me on certain things, but yeah. They would mm -hmm. they would just like use that. Well, I believe the... I believe they say that. Isn't it said in previous chapters that like he can do some voiceless commands? Yeah, some uh, because of how much of a heightening he has, so he might be able to like give breath without. Yeah. Well, if he if he does do that, they would just slaughter the wife as well. So. Mm -hmm. They're already. I, I mean, there are, there's already hints on that they're gonna do that anyways. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of hints that 
basically yeah, as soon like, as she gives i mean i don't think she's caught on but it's basically it sounds like as soon as she gives birth they're gonna be like okay we got our royal bloodline baby's good okay let's I, die i don't know <laughs> i i definitely i definitely feel like uh she's caught on enough but like yeah still somewhat naive to it because like she definitely said it i said something to that extent about uh when they were leaving uh her homeland and on the way that you know that was a possibility that they yeah. would only protect for however long mm -hmm. uh -huh. i'm heck? guessing she's just frustrated with the amount of time that's been you know like oh my god <laughs> um but also, so I had another a couple other questions on that section. So, uh, mm -hmm. first of all, what sort of factions do you think Bluefingers is a part of? What what are these factions within the palace, and what do you think he's all involved in? He's a ninja. <laughs> I mean, I could <laughs> say I feel like he's probably in a faction that's against the war, but. Well, he's in multiple, he says, and there's there's well, yeah, many but, factions, I mean, and he's in several of them, apparently. So there's, well, I, there's all sorts of stuff going on. I feel like he's in multiple factions. I don't think he believes in each faction. I think he's mm. more of, like, Trying watching from the sidelines. Yeah. What do you think, Darkness? Yeah, that, that does make sense. Um, You're not really sure about all that? I think... I think... I think he really does care about the king, though. So. He definitely seems to care about Siri. Yeah, I don't know about how much. He does say it puts it puts her and the God King in danger, but I don't think we've gotten many much of his opinion on Susabron. Yeah, he apparently okay. has some semblance of like uh, liking him. I I may be reaching here, but I do have a feeling that. He understands what, like, what perspective the God King would have, you know, being the mm -hmm. God King right now. So I feel like there is gonna be like, no, uh, like I, I, I want you guys to be okay, like both of them. Mm -hmm. Also, a, a question I just thought of on the on the spot here that I hadn't thought of before is: Do you think Blue Fingers knows? Well, I guess we should get into that after, but. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say, do you, do you think Bluefinger knows about the whole? Uh... I have so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> we might as well just say that. Do you, do you think Bluefinger knows about the whole uh, got the God King's whole situation? Lack of tongue. His yeah. lack of tongue, which, by the way, by the way, I called <laughs> that he could not speak. He has no ability to. Mm -hmm. I didn't exactly call it precisely, but I knew that it wasn't that he chose not to. I knew he just couldn't. But uh, that is insane. And I feel like before he lost his tongue, he may have said something that they didn't like. Hmm. But he probably, seems probably very uneducated in general. He seems very childlike, a lot like a specific sword. <laughs> you know, it, it, it would make sense for it to have happened as a child, though. So. Well, I mean, he's still a child, so. I mean, he's, uh, he's in his 20s. He's at least in his 20s. He's a child. Yeah. Actually, I think that he's man supposed to be in his decades head is a old. child. <laughs> I think he looks well, twenty, but she said. I think Siri says he's like decades old. Multiple decades. I feel like he doesn't feel decades old. No, I mean, he, he may not feel. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys keep talking. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. Um. Uh, I don't know. I just <laughs> as soon as I, you know, 
continue until after that part and then we'll talk about it yeah well i had one more question is uh what do you think is in the history books that would get siri clues like why does he say specifically that she should look in her histories i feel like he was pointing out like he wanted her to see what happens to like the quote-unquote vessel after every you know well i don't well, he says her history specifically, not Halandrin histories. I think he means like Idris histories and maybe histories from before they separated, potentially. So, so maybe maybe it's like the incident with the mother. Uh, her mother, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, we don't know anything about her mom at the moment. So it's probably that. Hmm. It's because I still I don't know the views of the other kingdom yet. <laughs> Even though we started off there, it's just like we know the general like religion and their views on the other kingdom, but we don't know like how their kingdom works. Uh, yeah, we know that they don't like they they because of their religion they try and keep everything very colorless yeah. because color is just for God basically. Uh, and we know that they have like um, all the rich families. Uh, one of your one of your children has to go and be a monk, and basically the monks. Uh, like go around basically just like helping elderly people, helping in the fields, yeah. um, things of that nature. Is but I'm talking. You know. I'm talking more about like how does how does the king choose their you know like bride there? Yeah, the we way. don't know how they how they choose. Um, yeah, how the who royal they marry. continues there. It's like that's that's what I'm trying to find out because <laughs> I, I sound like I'm a detective in this world <laughs> but I'm trying to see if there's any like sort of hint because there's definitely some background information on like family like issues there yeah yeah we don't we we have kind of just yeah very basic knowledge of Idris um we mostly just get a lot of their beliefs through Siri and Vivenna but we don't really see much from them in yeah. general i wish i wish they would get perspective of like that third sister <laughs> a faffin yeah yeah she just kind of does she i mean from what we've seen she's kind of just like does her own thing she she happily kind of well, we haven't seen her in like half a year i don't think it's been that long i think it's been like a month month or well no because they were traveling for a couple weeks i think it's probably been about two to three months because no. <laughs> i think we've had in the chapters we've done so far two time skips of about a week or two yeah so okay so it's been i think minimum two months maximum three months yeah i'm just kind of trying to wait for mythic to come back before i move on <laughs> i'm just i'm generally interested in like how I can't even talk about it because we're not there yet. Yeah. But, like, it, if we think about it, the creation of, like, you know, a lifeless also can correlate to the creation of, like, how the child is going to be born. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to get there in a little bit. I think that's next chapter. It's mythic. Yeah. I mean, mythic knows what happens. Uh, I, can, I can do some of the summary. Because I've kind of, I kind of want to summarize kind of pretty much the rest of the chapter yeah. before. Uh... I have returned. Oh, there we go. Perfect timing. All right. Sorry. All right. I'm gonna start uh, summarizing the rest of this chapter then, and then we'll go really into okay. more about the God King. Uh, so yeah. So 
Anyways, after her interaction with Blue Fingers, Siri enters the bed chambers, drops her dress, and uh, gets onto the bed and just her shift. Uh, she does her bouncing and moaning, uh, and apparently varying the rhythm and getting creative, uh, because she's been doing this for a week, uh, before like, <laughs> before settling down in the bed. Uh, and she just contemplates her discussion with Blue Fingers when she suddenly feels a presence looming over her, causing her to scream in surprise. And it's the God King uh, looming over her, and he, he kind of jumps backwards, startled. Uh, and after a moment, she calms down and softly states that he just startled her and it's okay. He then slowly and uncertainly uh, moves back to the bed and sits on the edge of it and lifts her shirt, or lifts his shirt, sorry, oh. <laughs> causing Siri to panic, uh, thinking that he's going he's gonna to start, he's going to go for it, uh, before revealing he had <laughs> hidden a book under his shirt, which he lays on the bed. And he points to the book, and Siri wonders if he wants her to read it to him, although it's a storybook for children. Siri then wants the God King to explain what he wants, because he's kind of just, like, pointing at it, and she's like, just, just, just explain. And he, like, opens his mouth and reveals he has no tongue. Uh, it, there's just a scar there, uh, showing that it had been, like, cut out. Uh, Siri quickly uh, deduces, yeah, it's because someone with a tongue uh, can't give awakener commands, is her theory. Um, and the God King looks away, ashamed, and moves to get up, but Siri touches his arm and tells him she isn't disgusted by him, which I think she pulls away her hand quickly as well, because... Um, but anyway, so he slowly sits back down and points again to the book, and she figures out that he can't read, because he's pointing at the first word and, like, the first letter, specifically. And she's just like, oh, he's just a figurehead or a puppet that is paraded around but unable to communicate at all. And so she begins to teach him how to read. Uh, and she thinks that the priests were right to be worried about her. So, yeah, we kind of went into it a little bit, but what do you think about the revelations that Susabron cannot speak or even read? He has literally pretty much no ways to communicate. So, for me, as soon as I saw all of this, instantly, my favorite character. <laughs> yeah, so Susabron is Susabron? another favorite character yeah. that I was talking about earlier. Nightblood and Susabron are my two favorites, and I've been like yeah, struggling so much not to say anything. Where you're like, oh, he's not the real God King, and like, oh, this and that. And I'm like, he's such mm -hmm. a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, go ahead. Okay. Okay. I was gonna say, so, um, when I did decide, you know, this is the one. <laughs> I felt like I wanted to get him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> like you know like i need a safety bubble around i need him. to protect like, him why is he going through all this yeah oh no i i i yeah no if something happens to him i'm gonna cry <laughs> okay uh, so yeah my thought the moment because we're this is you you wrapped up the chapter right yeah. so i can go through the whole chapter okay cool. yeah the whole chapter uh so so when at the end when she says i'll teach you it all if you wish i cannot absolutely cannot wait till she decides to actually like show her true colors walk out there and be like hey i don't care what y'all think i'm above you i'm a better i'm better than you all and you will now have to listen to me because i feel like she's now going to start to take the puppet uh strings on susabron and help yeah. him to not only become himself of who he actually is but also to like show the world that he's first not absolutely evil and second that he's uh he's being 
manipulated by this country that they think is evil because every country has that uh possibility um and that he's gonna they're gonna start to like actually like create a revolution from the inside from the highest point in the city <laughs> you do remember that i did say that they were gonna yes you start- did i'm like shaking yep. right now <laughs> yep. i know oh my god i'm so happy to see that gosh it's susan Brown is so awesome still wanna... not my favorite character but he's awesome uh-huh he's great i want to see him i want to see him um stand up for himself yeah but see how is he i wonder how he's gonna do that though right what i saw before yeah but what i saw before right was that he i mean it might have been a manipulation to the you know whole uh council but like he did lift himself up and all of that no, that was so the like, priest. Remember? Well, no, that was the he, oh, was it the priest there, that there was, was a priest okay. beside yeah. his throne that he sat on uh, that, that awakened the rope that lifted him to his throne. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I don't know from know from the yeah from the way we uh we meet this other lifeless it, it pretty close I'm sure <laughs> they can do something. Um. I just want to know if they can talk, because if they can, he probably can use that to talk eventually. As, as far eventually, as we have yeah. seen, they cannot, as far as we've seen so far. Oh, that's so... <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm very curious, yeah. Um, also, uh, the fact that he specifically hid a book and brought it to her, like, what is that kind of, what do you guys think about that? Like, he obviously, like, hid that under his shirt so that probably people wouldn't see. Yeah, so like... he's definitely being controlled, like, hell of security, you know? And he doesn't want to be. Yeah. Like I feel like it I shows like part of his personality. Yeah, like he obviously wants to learn to read. <gasps> Wait, that Loki makes sense. The the right? fact that no, the fact that um he didn't even try to do anything with like and he was um, confused at why she was doing the things she was doing in the bed and yeah. like she he looked at her with like such like an innocent puppy dog little yeah. stare like I mean, as they, 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 they were basically asking her to rape him. Yeah. He has, right? I don't think he has any idea what but they were supposed no to do. He has no clue what he's supposed to do. Uh, Asiri was kind of right about the fact that it, well, I don't know if it was Asiri. I'm pretty sure it was us. <laughs> but <laughs> one of us, I think one of us was like, is this a test or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. The fact I mean, that yeah. he wasn't doing uh, anything. So I, 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 I figured that um, it wasn't a test in the way that well, either of us thought, you know. Um, it was more of like a was she willing to like bend the rules sort of thing before he can actually act upon what he wants. Yeah, I think he was trying to see trying to figure out she, what type of person yeah. she was. Yeah, whether she was a puppet as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> I mean that's <laughs> just I don't know. The way he acts is so it, it rem- reminds me so much of Nightblood, where it's, like, very childlike in a, diff- a slightly different way, where Nightblood is, like, the uh, outward, uh, aggressive child that, you know, just wants to get away with things and pouts about all the small things. He's, like, very naive childlike, where he doesn't know much about the world, yeah. and he's trying to learn about the world. And that's pretty cool to see. Hence why I started to think that Nightblood might be the actual, like, God name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Susabron is definitely one of my favorites, and I've been waiting for this chapter. I was so, so excited for you guys to read that, because, yeah, as I said, Night- Nightblood and Susabron, 100% my favorites. <laughs> A man had no tongue. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, unfortunately that that that's it with Susie Braun's theory this this episode. Sadly. Unfortunately. Um, but we get to go into Vasher and Nightblood next, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. Chapter twenty one. Um, so Vasher is actually standing on top of the God King's palace, and based on the fact that things are generally supposed to be happening around the same time, I'm assuming he's doing this while Ciri is teaching Susabron to read. Is <laughs> he's currently on top of the palace, uh, and he's admiring the sunset, which uh, Nightblood comments on it, saying he can feel Vasher seeing the sunset even though he can't see it himself. Um, and Vasher describes Nightblood's biochroma as powerful and twisted. Um, and he can sense people and life, which he was created to protect. Vasher also briefly mentions how he can sense the grass growing down below because of how strong his life sense is. So what do you think about this specific information about Nightblood? That he's he has powerful and twisted biochroma, and also that he was created to protect people and life. Wait, where, I don't remember that part of it, but... Yeah, that he was created to protect? Yep, yeah, uh, chapter, where is oh. it? Chapter 21. It's strange how easily and quickly protection Where is it? Uh, Nightblood had, uh, both were things Nightblood, uh, sorry, but with its powerful twisted biochroma, it could sense life and people. Both were things Nightblood had been created to protect. It was strange how easily and quickly protection could cause destruction. Sometimes Vasher wondered if uh, the two weren't yeah. really the same I thing. I like how it specifically says it was created. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it says he was specifically created to protect. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, rem- I remember that, but I, I don't know. Uh, for some reason in my mind, I was thinking uh, the next line where it says, protect the flower, destroy the pests, protect the building, destroy the plants. That uh, kind of idea I was, for some reason, thinking of the destroy aspect of it. Yeah, no, so he's he's supposed to be protecting things. He was created to protect things, but yeah, Basher's like, how easy is it to destroy things just to protect others? Mm-hmm. Um, Darkness, do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, besides the fact that they seem to have really strong ties to each other, I don't know if... I feel like Vasher definitely created it. You think Basher created Nightblood? Yeah, and that's where all the 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 breads that he used to have went. Mm-hmm. But what I'm interested in is the fact that it's considered twisted. Yeah, that's so why, yeah, I, I wanted to highlight that. <laughs> I I I, I want to figure out what can twist biochroma in that way. Mm-hmm. Because we haven't we haven't seen anything that hints off like oh, um doing this affects the magic of this world you know yeah it sounds like it's like all it's been altered in some way mm. like it's like nothing else has been called twisted in twisting biochroma even like creating lifeless is not they've never like worded it that that's way ex- that's exactly what i was thinking like even the lifeless weren't like considered twisted mm-hmm. by Helen Jones standards i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah so that's a little bit there about Nightblood. Uh, and then Vasher awakens uh, his pants and his shirt, like some tassels on them, which apparently uses 1,800 breaths. So I calculate it because it says he goes from the fifth heightening to just barely the second. So that's 1,800 breaths that apparently that uses, just awakening his shirt and pants. 
um, which I think it sounds like the majority was used on the shirt, he said, because he said it, it used a lot more than he was happy about. Um, and the strength in his mm. pants allows him to be able to jump down these 10-foot-tall blocks of the pyramidal structure. Uh, and as Vasher gets to the ground, Nightblood mentions that Vasher is bad at sneaking, and Vasher responds that Nightblood just wants to prove his strength. Uh, it's also mentioned that Nightblood doesn't trust priests. So I wanted to ask, why do you think Nightblood doesn't trust priests, and do you think it's something he picked up from Vasher, or is it his own opinion? God. <laughs> I mean, it, it would make sense. I'm not even entirely sure how to take that, because I, I... Oh my god. My brain just goes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get a lot. We get a lot of information on characters these chapters. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think it's just personal opinion because Fashion didn't speak up on it that much, right? I mean, he doesn't like, was... comment on it, but or I don't know so if it was actually something he... he said. I think it might have just been. Where is it? Mm -hmm. Is it just a like? Is it an actual like comment? Oh, it is an actual comment because honestly, I don't trust priests. And Vasher responds, he isn't a priest. That's his only response to that. Because yeah. it's a, a guard or something that they're looking uh -huh. at. I mean, it still goes on the same, kind of in the same aspect as both what me and uh, uh, Darkness over here are talking about. Mm -hmm. But that uh, I think it was, it, like, in my opinion, it sounds a lot like Vasher might have been Nightblood when, you know, he was a god. Kind of idea and then like uh somehow even though it's stated that they can't uh give breath or you know use they awakened or powers yeah um he gave nightblood like all of his uh like you know because that's what the gods are supposed to do mm -hmm. they're supposed to give away all of theirs and then became instead of drab and um my thought is maybe when he became a drab like the, the priests or whoever were supposed to like you know kill him off kind of idea because you know he gave all of his breath and then um they you know nightblood having all of it uh somehow saved him mm. so and then we get the we get the impression previously that like by giving away all your breaths you just instantly die but you're saying they they don't die the they become drab yeah. and then yeah, they, they the actually impression. secretly kill them or something to that extent yeah like mm. um or the the thought that comes across my head is that maybe um maybe nightblood he gave all of his uh his breath to the sword and then it became nightblood or whatever um and then he stays a drab but like his you know he doesn't remember anything kind of like when they become uh awakened no not awakened uh returned Returned, yeah. When they become returned, they have no memory of their past. Mm -hmm. um, but the same way backwards. Like, now he gave all of his breath away. He no longer has memory of who he was in either life. And then um, it's just assumed that that's their death. You know, like, because mm -hmm. you're not the same person anymore. And maybe that's why he chooses different names, uh, like Tax and Basher. Um just a thought that you know been rolling around in my head now mm -hmm. i i was thinking as well but um i was thinking what if it's entirely backwards and he like um i agree that it's a possibility that he could have not died when he gave away his breath right mm -hmm. 
But what if instead of forgetting, he remembered? Hmm. Oh, you think by giving away his returned breath, he remembered his past life? Yeah. Hmm. It wouldn't make sense. I mean, would. it it would it wouldn't make sense of the distrust against the priest. Because if he gave his breath into Nightblood, then that distrust is obviously going to, like, reflect onto that. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like he does remember. If he, if, he, if he were to be, like, one of the gods, he would have definitely remembered. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Gotta get anything's possible. There's, there's a lot of possibilities still. The only, person, the only person here who knows all of the truth is Midnight, so... As I said, I don't remember every detail of the book, though. I as I, I remember the main plot points. Fake bad. Uh, <laughs> this is How could you not remember references. things about your favorite character? Like, I, I mean, I remember most of the stuff that happens with uh, Susan Brown and Nightblood, I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, so yeah, we get told uh, next that Vasher met with an informant, which I don't know, I think it might be a different one than the guy he met previously. I'm not sure, because... All this information isn't necessarily, I don't think, in that previous conversation um, with that other priest, but, um, or maybe it was, and we just didn't get all of it, but he's been told to stay away from Blushweaver and Stillmark, who are very influential gods, but also stay away from lesser gods, such as Gift Beacon and Peace Yearning. Um, Vasher is instead going to Mercy Star's Palace, who I guess is kind of in the middle, somewhat influential, but not like super influential. Uh, briefly mentioned that her colors are yellow and gold. Uh, and after hiding Nightblood in his cloak, uh, he kind of like hunches over uh, and pretends to act, kind of pretends to be a bit crazy and approaches the two men guarding the palace, saying he's just kind of like here to see the god. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nightblood uh, makes a remark that Vasher is cleverer than that. Um, but the guards are very nice to Vasher. They're like, oh, we'll get you to like a shelter or something, and makes Vasher feel a bit guilty. Uh, and he attacks them, knocking them unconscious. Uh, and Nightblood, sounding hurt, mentions that he's better than a shirt and could have killed the guards. And then when Vasher says that corpses cause problems, he quickly says, oh, I can knock people out too. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So I'm curious, uh, do you think Vasher actually didn't want corpses around, or was it more because the guards were kind to him that he didn't kill them? It's because the guards were kind. Nah, I, I, I definitely think he doesn't want corpses. I think he's trying not to alert anything but he's just he's very he's very smart yeah I like the little he's very smart not, he's very smart not to listen to nightblood because nightblood's gonna kill everybody nightblood's try, like, if he wanted nightblood, to. nightblood wants to be use useful he's like i'm better than a shirt <laughs> yeah and then he says i could knock people out uh-huh because yeah. you're you're so known for so far knocking people out <laughs> as long as he stays sheathed he's fine uh, uh, anyways, uh, I mean, yeah, Vasher, I think uh-huh. I don't. Sure. I, I mean, I think he hits one of them in the stomach with Nightblood's sheath, doesn't he? Or is that a different interaction? Uh, uh, suddenly, their stomach is gone. <laughs> anyways, I mean, I do remember him throwing him. That that's in the next interaction, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so then Vasher enters the palace. Uh, it was briefly mentioned uh, how the climate of Tetelier allows for doorways to just have colored sheets instead of doors. So they're kind of just like very open. Uh, air palaces, apparently. Uh, I know you guys like the mentions of the inside of the palaces, so I wanted to note yes. that. <laughs> um, he then runs into four servants in the servants' hallway on the periphery of the palace, uh, and he has uh, his belt grab one of them, uh, his like rope belt, and then he throws Nightblood at the other three. 
Um, two of them run away, but one stops to grab Nightblood, undoing the snap on the hilt and starting to pull out the sword. And I wanted to specifically read this word for word. A dark, fluid-like smoke begins to stream out. Some dripped to the ground, other tendrils of it snaked out and wrapped around the man's arm, drawing the color from his skin. Um, and then Vasher kicks the man, knocking him down so he'll drop Nightblood before ramming his head into the wall. He then closes Nightblood's sheath. And Nightblood is annoyed that Vasher didn't let him kill the one servant and also mentions that it isn't right that the two ran from him. And Vasher states that Nightblood cannot tempt the hearts of men who are pure. So there's a lot there I want to ask about. So uh, this is the first time we've seen Nightblood opened. Um, mm -hmm. what, what do you think this smoke is? What do, what do you think about this dark, fluid-like smoke? Well, that's the twisted part. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you think it's like a physical representation of the twisted biochroma? Probably. It seems... He's an evil weapon. It's like evil. a... It's like... here to protect. Here, here's my theory. So, it's, it's sucking out the, the breath. Right? Hmm. This is my theory. It's is sucking it? out the breath, but it can't suck out like that uh, uh, breath from people that are like, like their own original breath. Like they have one, you know. Mm. So you think men who are pure of heart are ones that have like their own breath only? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's my thought process. There. Um, I, I'm still trying to <laughs> trying to see where that fisted biochemical comes from, but. <laughs> You know. Well, I mean, the tw the biochroma also is your aura, and we do know that his aura doesn't necessarily work the same as everyone else's. So most people's makes things like more saturated and brighter. His makes things his makes darken, darker. darken mm -hmm. in color when thing when he's uh, his aura. So that probably is also related to the twisted nature awesome. of that, mm -hmm. or at least is some sort of representation of it. Uh, what Maybe he's just a twisted sister. <laughs> what do you think, Mythic? What do you think about the smoke? I mean, I kind of think darkness kind of hit the nail on the head for what I think, too. But All right. that it's a, a manifestation of his darker aura. Uh, and like... then do you, do you agree about the not tempting the hearts of men who are pure? Or did you have any other... Oh, I don't things? think it's because it's just the single breath thing. I think it's literally just that. It, that uh, people who aren't are, you know, more pure of heart would wouldn't pick him up and want to, you know, use him. Mm -hmm. Would be tempted by him. It also kind of explains the whole uh, Nightblood constantly getting stolen by people as he apparently, like, tempts mm -hmm. people that are not pure of heart. And, why, and it also explains why Vasher didn't even, like, he care worry to about it. He's like, I'll man, find yeah. him. They'll be dead. <laughs> it's fine. Um, it does make me wonder, though, if uh, Denth and them know about that, or if they just think it's a, you know, powerful sword. Well, they do know that it causes those weird blackened wounds. Yes, but I'm saying the, the part of, like, tempting others to come and do all of that, you know. Yeah, and I mean, if they were around him, I mean, what does that potentially Why say were they them? not tempted? Mm -hmm. Why were they not tempted? Yeah. But it makes me wonder if they know about it. It also makes me wonder... It also makes me wonder if the guy that they're praising to be so good and high and mighty might have actually not been so high and mighty. Art steel. Yeah. I also wonder this? how Nightblood would fare against Lightless. Because mm. they, we don't know if they can even be pure of heart, or if they're even really considered men. 
or or if they can feel the need, you know, to like grab a sword either way, mm-hmm. or if they can get like you know that black stuff. Yeah, if the black stuff would even if the black smoke would even affect them. At um... that point, I I wouldn't it just be like a regular sword <laughs> with like telepathic ability. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, so then we get, a uh, Vasher pulls out a dead squirrel out of his belt pouch, <laughs> uh, which he then awakens into a lifeless. So here's where we learn that making a lifeless only takes one breath. However, you can never get that breath back. It's a permanent awakening. Uh, he commands the squirrel to run around and bite people that aren't him. And Vasher then finds a hidden trap door and notes that the palaces are only supposed to be one level and that the priests can be good about hiding things even from the gods. Uh, so, do you have any notes about, yes. uh, the lifeless, no. first of all? Go ahead. Okay, Go ahead. I, I was like, I was thinking, if it's, you remember how they said, I, I, I can't remember if it's like, it said, uh, there's only like four people that can have, that can, is it create a lifeless? No, or they, like they own the lifeless commands. There's only four gods yeah. that have access so, to the command words lifeless commands for the for that army though i thought yeah they have a huge army of lifeless and four of the gods of the 25 own the know the commands like we learn later in the next chapter about how like there's command words for lifeless so that because anyone can technically use lifeless yeah Mm -hmm. i was thinking i was thinking um back then i was thinking oh there's only a certain amount of people that can use it or create it right Mm -hmm. so um Later on in the chapters, we find out from Jules that um, they can be bought, but not everyone can create them. And I'm just thinking, Vasher literally just created a lifeless like it was nothing, right? But I don't know if it specifically said that not that um, yeah. not anyone can make them. I think she just says specifically that she didn't make Claude. Yeah, because she has no breath. Yeah, because she's a drab. Yeah, she can't give she, something. She bought him, she didn't make him, but I don't think it said that only certain people can make them. When we get to that, I have many, many notes for that, so. I... Wouldn't... Wouldn't Vivenna just be able to... Yes. <laughs> I yes, think Vivenna can, yes, make a whole lot of lifeless, because she has a lot of breath. Yeah. She could um, just make herself an army if she wants to get rid that's of them. What I was <laughs> that's what I was thinking, too! Yeah, anyway. Remember how she said? Remember how she said she could? She didn't want... She wanted to give one breath back up to a person? Yeah, well... <laughs> That's a lot of bodies. Yeah, <laughs> an army. Um, Wait, what if that comes into play mm-hmm. to the to the to the to the heist? <laughs> the heist sounds like you're getting the into uh, mythics uh, theories here. Because yep. how many does she have? She has third heightening, right? You, you go mythic. You go. <laughs> so she's she's got six hundred breasts, I believe, around that number. Um. So six hundred lifeless. I mean, do we know how big the army is? Well, five ninety nine. Well, because she yeah, wants to keep her one. She's gonna, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about. She she can make six hundred lifeless and become a drab. <laughs> she would never. I know she won't, but she could. I mean, we don't know if she's exactly six hundred. He could have been working his way up towards four, <laughs> four tightening. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, true, true, true. We just know she's of the third. We don't know how close mm-hmm. she is to four tightening. What's the what's the four tightening? Uh, it's it like exponentially bigger, so I think it's like yeah, a thousand or something. It's a thousand? Uh, okay, so somewhere yes, between six and a thousand. Yeah. I mean, we'll find out later when she becomes an awakener. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get back into more of that when uh, we go into uh, the next chapter, but 
Um, Mythic? So besides from the... Well, I think Mythic, his whole theory, he said, was in regards to the mm-hmm. other section, right? Oh, I have I have notes upon notes on the next chapter. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I, I was saying I don't know if you want to get into the, all that just yet. No, we, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to it. We'll yeah. get to it. Uh, but before we get into all that, though, um, do you do you have any thoughts about the priest hiding thing from the gods and this this trap door? What do you think he's going to well, find out of the palace? Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, darkness, because I have my own theories on that. <laughs> so. I I don't know what to expect from Under the Palace, but it does solidify the theory that, you know, um, how do I say it? That, uh, the mistrust for, from the priests mm. that they had, it could, it could go into the theory that we have about Vasher, or well, that I have about Vasher. I don't, I don't remember if Mythic shares the same with, but. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, what are you talking about with Vasher? Uh, we're, um, uh, yeah, yeah, we start, we share some reviews, except that I think that he remembers that he thought. Oh yeah. Um, oh, about all that so, potentially being a god yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. My thought, my thought is that when he goes, he's going down there for something, um, and it seemed almost as if like he was he was obviously looking for something. He came here for a specific reason. Well, we were told he um, got information from someone, so he he obviously has yeah. some sort of idea of what's down there. We just aren't told. Hmm. Um, but I think, I think it's going to be something to the extent of, like, uh, something to do with the, uh, wow, what, returned, um, and then, like, you know, like, either, I have a couple theories on it, but either they're holding, like, returned down there, or people that they're going to turn into return down there, or, uh, they're holding something else, like, a lot of breath. Somebody is, like, Maybe somebody's being given a lot of breath, and then they're just like kind of holding it and hoarding it down there. Mm. It's a storage area. <laughs> uh, something to that extent. I mean, the kind of the same idea as the God King is a puppet. Like they they have another person down there that is to hold something for them, or like you know, maybe they fa- figured out how to do what I was talking about with Nightblood, where they gave it to an item or something, mm. and it's holding all of the breath. I mean, we're not told. We're not told what Nightblood's heightening is, right? I don't believe so. No, I don't think we're told. Okay. He obviously has a visible aura, so he's got to be yeah. up there. I think at least third or more, because I think Vivenna has a small aura, so I think he's got to be third or higher. Um, yeah. But I so, don't remember and... if they've said his actual. We know Vasher's of the fifth currently. Yeah, we mm-hmm. don't. We don't. And he had a pretty visible aura, so I'm. I'm assuming Nightwood would be similar-ish maybe like probably third up def- possibly close to f- around fifth maybe at the very least which fifth is the returned heightening number mm-hmm. yep yep supposedly <laughs> well they say all of the returned are of the fifth I heightening know. so I know. yeah all right any other thoughts on that before we move on I think that's about all I got. I'm I'm good. All right, so we'll move on to chapter 22. First, with Light Song's point of view. Uh, so mm-hmm. he is with Weatherlove, God of Storms, Life Blesser, the God of Healing, and Truth Call, the God of Nature. Uh, and they're playing Tarachin, which Tarachin is apparently a game played by the wealthy, where you throw a variety of wooden spheres with lead centers uh, into different sections of a courtyard. 
uh, for various different types of points. And we, we don't really get much more explanation for, than that because uh, apparently except for the fact that life's light song is an amazing yeah we're gonna get back to that. <laughs> uh yeah apparently light so i never learned the rules of the game and so he, he doesn't really go into more more detail than that but i think we learned that there's like reversal balls and like all sorts of things there's like different colored balls that mean different things um and never so... learned the rules of the game yet somehow was winning the game yeah which might as well makes a comment on that but uh whether love asked like yeah. to bless his throw which Lightphone's like, why would I do that? We're competing against each other. <laughs> why would I bless your throw? Uh, which Mother Love, I think, kind of chuckles at. Uh, and after Lightson takes his turn, randomly picks the ball just based on the fact that the color matches his orange drink. Gets like 400 and something points. Uh, mm -hmm. And then he throws a second time because he got a crown pairing. <laughs> uh, and gets even more. He gets like 500 and something points the second time. And then Light Song thinks that there's an inherent flaw in the game if the person who understands the game the least does the best at it. Because apparently, yeah. like, it's supposed to be, like, this hugely strategic and, like, all sorts of game. Uh, it's, like, a power of, like, strength and strategy. Um, yeah. All right. Do, do well, you guys just have any comments about... It makes sense about... with the reversal <laughs> Do you guys have any thoughts about Tarachin and Light Song's lack of knowledge on the game? I think he's oh. just a savant, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I would have been the same, in the same situation. <laughs> Just randomly chucking the balls. Yeah. Me, I wouldn't have been. I would have been the other person trying to do strategic, but you know. <laughs> but that's why me and Light Song are perfect for each other. We're complete opposites. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they play like weekly in. too. They're they like constantly play this. <laughs> yeah, and he's and, still better than them. Yeah, I think Light Song notes that like he he thinks they only invite him so that they can finally beat him one day. <laughs> <laughs> And then he just leaves. That's my yeah. favorite part about this. Yeah, he'll he leave just in the middle of the game. Walks away. He's just like, you're, but you're winning. I'm leaving. Yeah. Well, okay. we find, well, I think part of the reason why he leaves is um, we we you get into um, learning that Truthcaller or Truthcall has a vote on issues of trade with other kingdoms. He does not have lifeless commands. Um, and their conversations turn to talking about Siri. They seem to think that the Idrians betrayed the treaty because they sent the wrong daughter, uh, and that Siri can be manipulated. Uh, Life Blesser also makes a very... They, they, they really go on about how Life Blesser is just kind of blunt and obtuse. They're like, he makes this really blunt comment about attacking Idris, uh, and Truth Call says he wants to apply pressure to get more access to the passes through the mountains. Um, and they, they all kind of mention that they've, they've got plans. I think uh, Life Blesser also is like, I've got plans and secrets. I know things. Um, but yeah, what do, what do you think about these three gods? These three these three guys? They um, seem like they seem like idiots, but I was gonna say idiots with some, <laughs> some yeah, idiots with some sort of power. Well, it seems like Life Blesser is the biggest idiot. Even the other two gods are like, Life, Life Blesser, please. <laughs> I'm a little biased. So. <laughs> a little? <laughs> I keep wanting to call Truth Call Truth Caller, too. I feel like it ending Truth Call is just is too short for the, compared to the other names. They all seem to have, like, ERs at the end, and it bothers me that his name is just Truth Call. Because he's not a real god. I don't know. He's the god of nature. Good. Exactly, not a real god. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Darkness? That's a light songer. Light, so I guess light song also doesn't have an ER at the end. 
Okay, I take it back. He has to be a real god because Light Song is <laughs> no <what> you are. <laughs> Actually, no. Never mind. No, I don't. Light Song's not a god. He says it himself. Mythic, <laughs> make up your mind. <laughs> um, I need Light Song here to tell me what to think. All right. <laughs> well, we then we didn't get Light Song. Uh, yeah, deciding to leave the other gods in the middle of the game. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. And they're like, we'll have to play again next week if you leave now. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> I think he's just like, stop threatening me or like, why, why, why do you like <laughs> threaten me? Mandy's is just but purposefully why? lose, like just lose so that they stop. Well, he's, I think he things. says he'd actually have to put thought into losing because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he'd actually have to like learn how to play if he wanted to like purposely throw. Because <laughs> obviously, him just not knowing anything has worked out well for him. <laughs> He should just choose the color that he responds to the least. He's like, I really want this orange ball, but so I'll go, like, green instead. Yeah, <laughs> right, and then it'll be, like, a thousand points or something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it'll somehow work out even better. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, anyways, he, he walks away and thinks that these gods are amateurs in politics compared to gods like Blushweaver. So may, maybe in regards to the, per the person Vasher spoke to previously, he would call them the lesser gods, <laughs> not influential like Blushweaver if they're amateurs. Um, but anyways, he says they still seem to be dangerous, though, even if they're amateurs. Uh, Light Song also mentions that he trusts Blushweaver more than any other god or goddess, but worries about how aggressive she is. He wonders if she came to him to balance herself out, and Light Song wonders if doing nothing would be more work than doing something, and ends up deciding to go see Blushweaver. Do, do you think Light Song should trust Blushweaver? Do you think he's being naive in trusting her, or do we just not know her well enough? I mean... Uh I want to hope that we just don't know her enough, but at the current moment, she's a cunt. <laughs> oh. And I don't like her. Uh, yeah. She, um, I don't think you should trust things that seem <laughs> too beautiful for their own good, you know? <laughs> Seems like a little bit of a, a, a trap. Yeah. Um, also, based on what we've seen of her previously, do do we really think that she she comes to him to balance herself out? Because it seemed previously like she comes to him for his lifeless commands. Well, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know about his reasoning here, based on what we've read so far. Mm hmm. I mean, he even she even stated it outright to him. Yeah. Like, can't get much blunter than that. Alright, well, we then switch to Vivenna's point of view. Yes, She's <laughs> She is in uh, a restaurant with Denth Tonkfa and a man called Fob. Uh, we learn that Fob is a landowner. Uh, he clears <laughs> land and then rents it to growers and often relies on lifeless to help clear uh, the areas, which is loaned through the government. And apparently his contract states that if Helandrin goes to war, all food grown on his land would become property of the returned gods. So apparently uh, they, they rent out their lifeless to do kind of like mundane things when they're not at war. Which I guess makes sense. It sounds like they, they have a good deal going on here. Um, oh. hmm? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Denth and Fa want Fob to harvest early and sell to get ahead of his competitors and keep the return gods from having that food for wartime. Uh, they then have Avena show off her color-changing hair to prove themselves to him. Uh, and they end with Fob saying he'll consider harvesting early, and then they leave and meet up with Parlin, Jules, and Claude. Uh, there's a brief discussion about Claude and Lifeless, mentioning how you have security phrases to give Lifeless commands, because anyone can use a Lifeless, not just the person who awakens them. 
Uh, and then Vivena asks for the security phrase, and Dent says he'll ask Jules if she can have it. It also mentioned that Jules speaks to Claude, which Vivena notes can't be healthy and makes Dent look troubled. Uh, why do you think Jules speaks to Claude? Go ahead, Darkness, because I got a whole spiel to do here. Well, I mean, why not? <laughs> it's like, sometimes you just gotta talk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And if they can't, if they can't, if they can't talk, then they can't say anything you don't want to hear. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Especially if they're, like, a servant. <laughs> so, uh, in, import that meme of, uh, the, the red lines to the ta- to the, the board. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. I think, I think Claude is, like, either a very good friend of hers that died and she, you know, used to bring back or it's somebody related in some way to her. Because mm-hmm. later we find out that she was one of the people that was taken and became a drab. I'm thinking that uh, they got money uh, from government or whatever to, mm-hmm. you know, for giving her breath. Claude then, for some reason, didn't agree with it or something and went to attack them or did something to that extent. They killed him. She then paid somebody with the money that they gave her to give away her life or not her life, her, her breath and now has Claude as, you know, a lifeless. I don't oh my God. Too many holes <laughs> in your theory, but they do say previously they've had him for a few months in the first chapter. Doesn't, doesn't change the fact that he could have had this plan going on. Or she, or she just needs like therapy, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, she, she definitely seems, I mean, when she came in originally, she to me, it sounded a lot more like she was that person that I said, where she's very down to earth and kind of like narrowing them down. And it, even even when she showed up, Dent and Tara, uh, and wow, I can't remember his name now. Dent? Tonk Fa. Yeah, Tonk Dent Fa. and Tonk, Tonk Fa. Mm-hmm. Uh, both all of a sudden weren't as jokey and like all that. They were much more serious uh, with very slight little jokes here and there. But like they were much more serious than they were before mm-hmm. and like so she definitely brings that attitude in there to kind of rein them in um in some way so just i mean she definitely he definitely could be someone that she knew i don't think she would he would have been someone who like she knew maybe back or at least not died back when she was a kid since i don't think his body would be good enough to awaken if he well was i don't dead know yeah like, i'm saying i'm not saying like yeah i'm not saying it was like Oh, he, you know, immediately, she, they took her breath and he immediately went into attack. Oh, them. Okay, that's what I thought you like, were saying. I'm saying, like, he, yeah, no, like, he would, he was, you know, stewing on the idea. Because you, you don't just go attack an entire government. It's true. You gotta think about it. You gotta, you gotta plot. And, you know, maybe the plot took years and years. And, like, she finally was like, all right, I got this. I can go in here. I figured it out. And, you know, maybe it was a really good plan. And then just one hiccup happened, you know, somebody just happened to, you know, kill him. And then he, you know, I mean, this is a wild theory, but. It's a good theory. And it would make sense. Yeah, because she talks to it, like, or talks to him as if, you know, he's still alive and able to speak to her, which I'm really hoping kind of ties back into what you said about lifeless being able to speak. I'm really hoping that it's just something like has to be taught, kind of like the, uh, the God King has to be taught how to read. Um, maybe it's something that has to kind of be taught to the lifeless. Like they are given life again. So like 
they maybe need to learn it all over again. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to send you guys, uh, I just remembered, uh -oh. the, the picture, that whole picture from one of the pictures I sent oh. previously, oh. which it had oh, Claude in it, in it and yeah. jewels, and that's why I couldn't send it to you previously. So this is the, <laughs> this is the whole picture of that previous one I sent you guys. They've got Tonkfa's new monkey. Ah. Yeah, oh yeah. The the fact that he... Uh, Parrot was so boring. Well, it wasn't Monkeys boring. So they say he's better. bad with pets. I think yeah, he's... But he's he, stated, he stated the parrot was boring. Well, yeah, he said later, I think, to kind of console him. Yeah. He's like, well, parrots are boring anyways. I think he probably accidentally killed it somehow. Like, he forgot to feed it or yeah. something. It's possible. Did you just end the Discord thing? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean to have that going the whole time. I mean, I was using it, but okay. Oh, are you? I can, I can redo it. Sorry. <laughs> I was only using it just to make sure that because, like, your your uh, stream has a delay slightly. Oh yeah, sorry. I can I can keep that up. I just didn't realize it had still been going. No worries. Um. So I'm guessing the one that's in the blue, then in this picture is. I think uh, the one in the blue, blue is Jules. I think the one with the hood up is Vivenna because yeah. she like hides her hair. Yeah, it makes much more sense. Yeah. And then Claude is obviously Claude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we all know who Claude is <laughs> in that picture. Um, yeah, that actually gets into uh, yeah, we we note that Tonkfa has a new pet, a monkey. When asked about the parrot, Dent says Tonkfa isn't good with pets. Yeah, so he's not he's not good with the pets. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's then mentioned that Vivenna and the mercenaries have been meeting with dozens of people over the last couple of weeks. Uh, some mm -hmm. were underground leaders and some were merchants. Uh, they next go to meet. Grable, a thieving lord of the city, uh, and Dense states they want him to make certain supply carts disappear on their way to the city. Uh, Grable wants to see Vivenna's hair before they discuss details, and he makes Vivenna not just show like with her hood up, he makes her show to the whole room because apparently everyone in the in the restaurant is uh, his his people. So mm -hmm. she, sho she shows off her hair, and then Grable states oh, I love thinks, it. thinks Vivenna is not a princess, but a random person from the royal bloodline, which we get some information uh, from Vivenna stating that the only pot only potential heirs have the royal locks, and her children mm -hmm. will not have them unless she is queen of Idris. And then Grable then says he wants to buy Vivenna, uh, and Denth has him get up to leave. Before we go into the next part, I'm just curious if you guys had any comments about how the magical hair somehow knows who the current king or queen is. Who, which heirs to like give the royal locks to? Okay, so if that's true, does that mean then that all of their children, like, because it's just the way it, it got worded, was like that means then, okay, so the king, or not the king, the mother was the rightful heir, or was it the king that was the rightful I think heir? The king, and then, it's, you know, I think it's the king is. Because he has color changing hair, so I think uh -huh. he he's the the royal bloodline, not the mom, and so he had kids, and they all have the royal locks. But it sounds like I'm assuming, I guess, when they get married or something, he passes the throne to them, and before they have children, um, and they are named king or queen. Because it sounds like I think it's uh, Ridger, I believe, is the name. He's supposed to become the next king. So only Ridger's children, if he becomes king will have the royal locks. Vivenna's children won't, Fafin's children won't, Ciri's children oh. won't. Yeah, okay. That's what I okay, that's what I was trying to understand. That it would it would be like so then uh the God King's not gonna have the royal locks. No. 
were you gonna say that, darkness? No, I was just, I was just like, hmm. I was just like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think Haladrin cares so much about the royal ox. They just want to say that their the god king That's has right. the bloodline. Um, but yeah, I guess. And I mean, also, if they're planning on uh, slaughtering all the rest of them, would the god king technically then be the the official heir if none of the other royal families left? Yeah. Possibly. Uh, yeah, I, I just found that that kind of note interesting. That somehow, somehow they it, their bloodline magically knows who. I don't know if they have like a specific ritual or like if there's something they do to specifically crown someone, or if it just somehow inherently knows. Um, so it's yeah. magic. <laughs> it's just, it's just magic. Um, so. I mean, it is. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, so then Grable uh, has his bodyguards attack uh, because they get up to try and leave and Denth very quickly uh, stabs one guy through the neck and then it's also noted that he's actually stabbed one of the other bodyguards somehow at the same, like, in stabbing this guy in the neck. And Grable mentions that apparently Denth appeared out of nowhere ten years ago, gathered a team of the best, and that he's inhumanly fast. Uh, they then mm -hmm. quickly leave, and Dent says that Grable just wants to see him use his blade and apologizes for wasting Vivenna's time. Vivenna notes that it seems like Dent's control is cracking. Like she's like he has a lot more control than he lets on, and it seems like that that's yep. almost cracking at the moment. So, what do you think about Grable's comments on Dent? I mean, not unfounded. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool that he. <laughs> He definitely has more to show. I mean, yeah, we get told that um, Dents was, I think, apparently the the best on their team, or him and Arsteel were comparatively the best on their team back in the day. But yeah, uh -huh. I, I feel like it gives... This is kind of when we I think we get a lot more of the depth to Dents. Yeah. Here. Um, and, like, it kind of shows that, like, he he's a lot more than just a mercenary, it seems like. Uh-huh. He was a king. Oh my god. Another theory. No, <laughs> I mean, that's not really my theory. Like, I just, it would be, it would be interesting. Yeah. He seems to know a lot about that kind of lifestyle, the way he talks to Vivenna. So. Mm -hmm. What do you think by it means that Denth appeared out of nowhere ten years ago too? Do you think that means he was just like a no one, or do you think he like came from far away or? I mean, honestly, I can mean pretty much any of that, but... I think they just didn't know where he came from. Mm -hmm. Not that he just, like, magically appeared. <laughs> this man magically appears in your bedroom. What? <laughs> what? I mean, he's fast enough, he could magically appear. <laughs> Inhumanly fast, apparently. Yeah, I mean, so he could magically appear anywhere he wants. Does make me wonder if it's actually magic, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then uh, as they're walking away from the restaurant, an Idrian man runs up to Bavenna and states that the Idrians and Tetelier have been saying that she has come to take the throne back. Uh, Denson says they need to take the man somewhere else. He's like, hand on his sword, or, or has his sword out already, I think Bavenna says. He's like, we're, we're, we're going to search this guy and take him somewhere else. We're not doing this here, because he, he notes that they're very close to the restaurant still. 
And I, I don't think he wants Grable to, to see this. Um, so they end up at a building in the poor section of town. Uh, and Mavena waits outside with Parlin Jules, uh, Claude, and the... Or, yeah, I think Claude's at them with them. And the Idrian, uh, well, Dent and Tonk Fod check the building out. As they wait, Vivenna realizes that Jewel is a drab. Um, that she can't sense her life. Yeah, apparently you, if you have no breath, you don't really get noticed by this life sense that they have. Just like lifeless. It would be a good thing for like assassins. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah. Well, I, I think probably this is likely the reason they're always sending her out to follow people. That's kind of what I what I assume here. Is Would explain why she hasn't gotten breath too. Yeah. Yeah, that might be why she hasn't bought any. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so once the building is considered safe, Parlin is sent off to cancel their next appointment, as Vena wants to hear what the Idrian, who we learned is named Thame, uh, has to say. And we find out that Thame runs small jobs for bosses in the city, as people don't like to hire Idrians if they have other choices. Uh, apparently his boss sold information about where Vivenna would be to some people and Thame uh, got to hear it for free. Uh, what do you think about the fact that it's getting around so much that Vivenna is here? That was very concerning to me, considering that, you know, it's going to reach the upper high, the high, the higher ups eventually. Um, yeah. Yeah. This whole, this whole, like, situation that's upcoming, where she talks about meeting them, it's, like, very worrisome in my opinion. Could go wrong so fast. Do you have any thoughts, Mythic, about uh, everyone I mean, I talking agree. about? I, I, yeah, I I think people talking about this is a very troublesome thing. Like, yeah, I mean, people are selling the information. Like, it's it's getting yeah, around. You, you can't let that happen. And I mean, I feel like somebody needs to stop that. The thing is, though, they're also probably contributing to that because they're trying to—they're showing her off in order to get people yes. to. Uh, like it's, it's, to a, it's a risk. Um, but yeah, so uh, Vivenna, uh, Vivenna then states that she wants to meet the other Idrians, and uh, Thame says to ask for Rira, who is his boss, uh, mm -hmm. so that she can find him again. He then leaves, and Dent sends Jules to follow him. Uh, as I said, I think that's probably because she has no breasts, so people with. Uh, Biochrome, I can't really, they can't sense her. I feel like she's, yeah, she's really good at sneaking around, probably. Uh, Tonkfa then pouts about not being able to be the mean one. And Vivenna says <laughs> he can be the, be the mean one next time. Uh, and I, they they kind of like, he makes like a whole bunch of jokes like, can I threaten them? Can I chop off the fingers? She's like, no, you can't chop off their fingers. Even the, the ones that don't do anything. <laughs> and then they, they laugh and she kind of says like, I can't yeah, like you guys are being ones. serious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vivenna then begins pacing while talking to Denth, who notes she's being very impatient, uh, and Vivenna realizes she's being a lot like Siri, and she, like, kind of mm -hmm. sits and tries to calm herself down. Uh, we also learn that Denth has multiple safe houses around the city, uh, and he, they all got, they're all pretty, like, cheap like this one, because, uh, if you have to have multiple safe houses, you're not really gonna pay a lot for them. Yeah, why would you? Yeah. And that makes so much sense. I mean, she just says it seems really sturdy on the inside. I'm assuming they find places like that are cheap as possible, but still, like, they're going to hold up. <laughs> they're not going to fall apart. I would hope so. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, you don't want your house falling apart. Although I think there is, is a safe like, house. there is, like, broken steps and stuff. She's told not to, like, wander in, in the house. They're like, it's, it's not the safest place. Um, yeah, you know. 
But Neither then, is being a fugitive. So. Yeah. But Venna then thinks about how she feels useless and that most of what is being done is because of Denth and not herself. So we get back into like a lot of that <laughs> useless stuff that we'd had in previous chapters when like she didn't get sent off to be with the God King. Uh, she mm -hmm. briefly wishes she would have been found and brought back to Idris, but also still really wants to help her people and her sister. She's kind of like conflicted. She's like, it'd be easier if I was just taken back, but she wants to be of use. Um, and Mavenna states that she really wants to meet uh, with the other Idrian Idrians and be useful. Dent yeah, the Idrians. Yeah. <laughs> Idrians. Uh, Denth mentions that she's at least slightly more useful here than in Idris, uh, as her father has other heirs. Uh, do you think Vivenna is going to be able to do anything in the city, or it will continue to be mainly Denth and his crew that makes everything happen? Well, when she becomes a goddamn awakener, <laughs> she doesn't she can want do a lot. to. <laughs> I know, but she needs to, and that's the thing. I think I think she's going to be forced into doing it, kind of like she was forced into taking the breaths in the first place. She's going to become an awakener, and she's actually going to be really good at it. And then we'll get to see some awesome Vivenna fighting. That would be amazing. You think she's going to yeah, become a badass? Yeah. yeah, she has much power right now. I mean, she's already a badass, but badass in a different way. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, suddenly, Vivenna sees Claude right next to her stool. And his shoulder sometimes will oh, wander yeah. up to people as if he's curious. Uh, Vivenna has Dent send Claude to the basement. We then learn that Jules's breath was sold to a god when she was a child. Vivenna mentions that people change when they're drab, but Denth disagrees, saying Jules would have been the same either way. So Vivenna's like, oh, if without your soul, you're, like, irritable, and people don't really like being around you and all this stuff, and Denth's like, no, nah, that's just her. Um, but yeah, do you, do you <laughs> think... just her. Do you, do you think Claude can be curious? Do you think he has human traits, like Tonkfa kind of, like, seemed to think he has, or you think Denth is oh, right? I think he's like the God King. I think he's gonna one day learn more than he, uh, People think he is knows. I, I don't. He's a lifeless, so I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. Because... Got against lifeless, huh? <laughs> you literally called them tools. <laughs> they are tools. They are tools. But what do you got against them? Soulless. Uh... I'm taking uh, that into account. Yeah. First off, they are soulless. Yes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you can't have a personality if you don't have a soul. Well, you're not really there if you don't have a soul, so... I mean, maybe they don't have a soul, but maybe the soul's not what they need. Maybe it's... I don't know. That's it. Let's slug it out. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, so the end of the chapter is uh, Jules returns and says she has confirmed that Thame seems to be who he says he was. Uh, she says she, she confirmed with like three different people who she kind of trusts. Uh, kind of. That's my favorite part of that. Kind yeah. of trust. Kind of trust them. <laughs> and they, they agree to go back to the house. I think it's just they reluctantly head back to uh, their, their main house there. And uh, that is the end of the chapter. So I've got I've got several overview questions. Uh, as per normal. So, first of all, uh, where do you think Siri and Sousa Brown's relationship is going? Right into romance. You think they're actually going to be romantic with each other? No, I, I that, that was that was a joke. <laughs> um, I, I don't think they're going to be. I think they're going to be more of like she's going to teach him how to, the, the world works, and 
I think they're gonna be like more like really close friends type thing, allies. And then they're gonna, yeah. And then she's going, uh, she's gonna start to speak up, and she's gonna have to, for lack of a better word, grow a voice. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, it's just how it's gonna have to be. Yeah. Unfortunately. Do you think the same darkness? You think they're gonna be like a best friends, allies against everything type of relationship? Yeah, but I also think there is possibilities of eventual romantic like feelings. Mm. No, because she has to be with lights on. <laughs> I I didn't see between who I was talking about the Garki and Scoot, you know. Oh yeah, 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 true. I can see that. I can see that. But I mean, we already know that ain't gonna be happening. But because midnight spoiled that for us. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm wow. sorry. It's well, cause I said there. There's not really much like LGBT stuff in the yeah so. books. Well, it's a god, so technically, no. <laughs> I mean, technically, they're not. They're gender fluid, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So my next question was, what do you think we'll learn once Susabron is able to communicate better? Like, do you think he's gonna? Once he like learns to like read and potentially like I'm assuming he might learn to write and stuff and he can communicate. What do you think? He's gonna write off with their heads, <laughs> just slaughter everyone. Yeah, right. I mean, if you have, I mean, it, it would be an interesting thing to see of him starting to show like what true power is like as a king, and then like them to come around and be like, well, we're not gonna listen to that. All of a sudden. You know, where they're, like, talking a lot about how uh, the God King's word is, like, law. And buff everyone. Yeah, and then, you know, if he just came in and was like, those people that, you know, are manipulating everything, if he just came in and was like, I want you, 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 and you did. <laughs> like, I mean. I feel like, I feel like if he spoke up, they would imprison him. You think? Yeah. Yeah. What if they do imprison him after he like you know tries to like be the defiant, and then Sue's like, you know what, rescue mission time. <laughs> Let's rescue the God King. That. So yes, yeah. yeah, I could um, see that happening. Yeah. Uh, my next question was. Where do you think Vasher's story is going? What do you, what all do you think he's he's gonna be doing here? Is gonna die? Nightblood's gonna you know have to find a new person? You know all that stuff. Big cave event. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love to see that actually happen. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm kind of leaning on the the same thing that Darkness was saying last podcast that he's gonna have to teach her. They're going to have to kind of get over the fact that, you know, he's a person they don't like. And, yeah. I see. I mean, they they definitely seem very quick to tell Vivenna that she can't uh, basically have her own ideas about certain things. You know, like, oh, well, if you, you know, if you don't want this lifeless here, I guess then we'll just leave, too. Like, you don't give her much of a choice there. Well, to be fair, like, I mean, they, they say they spend a lot of money and, like, jewels as part of their crew and stuff. And, I mean, if some of your theories are correct, maybe they also knew Claude. Mm -hmm. Possibly. 
so I feel like they, I mean, they let like, her have they, a lot of her own ideas and just in regards to like how their crew works they're like no 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 it's either all of us well, or none of us yeah but that's what I'm saying so like if Vasher become well he was once possibly a part of that crew mm-hmm. but like if Vivenna's like oh, comes out and goes hey Vasher needs to be with you know needs I need to learn from Vasher and they're and they're like no nah, we, we don't want that like she's gonna have to put her foot down Mm-hmm. and have a voice and they they seem to they're not like quelling her voice but they're definitely like they're giving her ultimatums mm-hmm. like she kind of has to you know have her own voice if she's going to ever uh become the savior that she kind of wants to be mm-hmm. can't save siri without it um so yeah, that kind of got into my next question with what do you think is going to happen if Vasher and Dent's crew end up meeting? Uh, conflict, but hopefully they'll come to understanding. And I feel like they're going to find out what actually happened to this person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I feel like it's been... something with the sword in some aspect. Like he wasn't as good as he was. Uh, they think he is. They're obviously going. He's gonna if he if Vasher tells them that they're obviously going to push back on that thought because they obviously have some uh, uh, interest in you know like they actually liked him. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they'll push back on that thought and then uh, somehow they'll have to come come to an understanding because I feel like she, he needs to be there. He needs to teach her how to become an awakener. Yep, he's obviously a very good one. Mr. I can put breaths into my uh, my pants and make me fall from high from, from heights without getting hurt. I just carry around squirrels to awaken. Yeah, right. Oh my goodness. I love that he just pulled out the fucking squirrel out of his belt. And squirrel, here you go. We'll just awaken this with one breath. I think Nightblood even makes a comment about that being kind of gross or something, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, I feel like I, that that sounds familiar. I'm pretty sure it literally said ill. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do what you gotta do, man. Asher's uh, ingenuitive. What, what yeah, do you think, definitely. Darkness? What do you think about what's gonna happen between Vasher and Dent's crew if they meet? No, I I definitely agree with uh, Mythic. There is gonna be a strong possibility that Vasher's definitely gonna you know, look into Venomore and then possibly train her. Mm. I feel like... I don't know why, but I feel like there's gonna be some hesitation... On Vasher's side, I think I think there's gonna be hesitation on both sides. Well, Den seems Vivenna to think that they him. that Vasher would want to kill Vivenna if they ever meet. I I doubt it. I mean, that's okay. just they're they're like I could because see they're it. against Vasher, they don't like him. So yeah, that. yeah. I think that's more of what it is. But I could see his idea being somewhat true. I mean, he does kind of seem like he you know wants the death of some people, but I don't know if it's going to be, you know, her, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's on her side, really, though, either. Yeah, well, as we learned in previous chapters, like, um... Uh, he could have killed her already. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, ba- Vasher definitely, definitely has, has plans. He's, he yep. said previously, like, Siri showing up was, like, going to complicate his plans, so, like... Yeah. I can't imagine Vivenna being there is going to complicate his plans any less. <laughs> Whatever those plans may end up being, it seems like if, if one Idrian princess there complicates it, I, I don't feel like 
a second injury in prison is going to make it, make it better. <laughs> yeah. I agree 100% on that one, too. Because, yeah, they, they've said, pre uh, they also mentioned uh, that Vasher specifically has an interest in the war. I We don't know if that's, like... Oh, what's he, that interest? Yeah. Yeah, we don't know Whether if that... That interest is like getting rid of the war, or starting the war, or what that Or watching the war. Just... Or breaking the war. <laughs> or being the war. <laughs> nah. What are you talking about? Vasher couldn't be a war. I mean, he's, got, he, he's a got a lot of breath, too. If you're saying Vivenna could awaken an army, he's also got a lot of breath. Oh, yeah. He could create oh, an yeah. army. <laughs> an oh, army of yeah. dead squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> army of Imagine. Squirrels. Fight everyone but me. <laughs> now, I command it. Make sure you have rabies. <laughs> rabies. Uh, I, I forgot a note earlier. Mm. Um, can't remember what the word was now, because I didn't write it down. Uh, but when she was teaching the God King, mm -hmm. uh, she addressed a letter. She said, yeah. uh, this is the letter, and then something was... Shash, I believe it was. Yeah. Letter Shash. I, that, I, that's pretty, it's pretty neat that they have... Uh, that he has his own dialect. In this yeah, there, there's book. other um, books of his uh, in the series Stormlight Archive where he specifically has like you, um, basically like this whole the alphabet, alpha like language and alphabet, and like you'll see he has like um, uh, picture like uh, drawings in some of before mm -hmm. some chapters, and you'll actually be able to see the like what the writing looks like, which I really. I don't know what Can you find that? For, for Stormlight? I, I mean, it's not the same language. It, it would, it's a different language, oh, I'm pretty okay. sure. I'm just saying so like, he, he does do okay. like, like his own like, I gotcha. letter systems and everything. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what the yeah. letters look like in, in this book because he doesn't have the like, drawings in them. Because uh, Stormlight, mm -hmm. Stormlight's a much newer series, so he's, he um, has a, he's has like, more like artists that he's like um hired and stuff to do things in that way and I i'll also it. say that his newer he's books do have some better. more lgbt hints in them than his older books you did say that before too yeah yeah that so his older books does don't have as much but like his older books don't really but yeah, new, newer books definitely do yeah he came around a little more um but it what i was gonna say about that is that it it, it gives me like um Put Lotor with uh, Lord of the Rings vibes, <laughs> where uh, J.R.R. Tolkien made his own entire language, which I 100% agree is awesome. Um, and I feel like there are going to be people kind of like you who uh, highly enjoy these books and then, you know, learn that language. And that would be pretty neat to see. Like an actual person, IRL, that like starts to speak. Uh, them in this book, or uh, what was it? I don't remember what the other one you just said was, but Stormlight? the other book you were just talking about. Yeah, there you go. Well, one book. That's a, his. I think his main series. series right now. He's got two series and then a bunch of uh, novels. So his two series are Mistborn and Stormlight, and then he's got Elantris and Warbreaker are the two main. Uh, just kind of set alone and then he's got a book of short stories uh, as well um but anyway just probably get back to the questions stuff going on about his other stuff yep. um where was i 
Uh, uh, do you have any other thoughts on Nightblood? After you mean, all the information you mean, we got. You mean the god? You mean the god? <laughs> I I mean the the sword that we that we and what we no, I mean, know about him. You, you mean the god? You mean the god Nightblood? I got sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean, I think he's a god. <laughs> I already gave out everything. So. Yeah, I just wanted to know if there was any final thoughts because I know sometimes, especially you, darkness, you'll like as we go through other stuff, you'll remember notes or like mm -hmm. think about stuff more. Sometimes you bring stuff up later. Yeah. Give give a chance in case you had thought up anything after we had talked about it. <laughs> um, uh -huh. So, uh, next question was, what do you think Light Song plans to discuss with Blushweaver? Hopefully, stay away from me. I love Siri. Right. <laughs> something, uh, something about that kind of idea. Don't, he, don't come near me anymore. By any miracle, he might actually try and find out what she's trying to do. Mm. Possible. Maybe he's think. slowly starting to see that he has to step in. Yeah, that he has to. That he actually has to take a part in politics. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think he does mention like again in this chap these chapters that like um he's like oh Larimar told me to do my best I guess I'll try oh, yeah. yeah 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 he he does seem to have taken that to heart somewhat yeah. yeah I thought they also mentioned something like uh not doing anything would have been more yeah he did say at one point that like um potentially not doing anything might actually be more work at this point than yeah. actually doing something. Yeah. So, uh -huh. and he does seem worried about Siri. He doesn't like everyone kind of like trying to manipulate her. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Love interest. Um, I think this question we've already covered. Uh, what do you think will happen when Mavena meets up with the Idrians? Chaos. She'll see okay. how she'll see how they're treated badly, and then. Become an awakener. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to become an awakener. She definitely needs to be. I don't know why. I I really don't trust it. Oh, you don't trust them? No. You think they're tricking her or something? I mean, it sounds like they've all been in really shitty Not necessarily like tricking thieves. her. Mm. But like, you stuff think they're manipulated? Can stuff can go wrong. And I feel like. At least one of them is going to be like, you know what? Let me sell myself up, you know? Because, <laughs> I mean, it's Hanjin and they're Ijin people, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do, quote-unquote, get corrupted and, you know, what she would consider corruption. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. I mean, Maybe one of them will try to sell her out, what she's there. I, I half-heartedly agree with you. I think that they're probably going to... Uh... Be, they're not maybe not as corrupted, but like I think they're gonna be manipulated to uh -huh. like to get her to come there um, by somebody. I don't, I'm not, I don't think it's gonna be like the government. I think it's gonna be one of these factions that uh, yeah, like the dude that was trying to kill her. I mean, sell, sell her. I mean, yeah. buy her, buy her. Yeah. Great. Well, yeah, buy he her, wanted yeah. he wanted to buy her because he, he didn't think she was the real princess. He's like, oh, you found someone who has the royal lock. She'd be useful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to exact to do exactly what he thinks they're doing. Yeah, which is manipulate people into doing his his bidding, what he I, wants. I don't know. I found it really strange how much that guy knew. Well, I mean, as we said, like people have been selling information. They've been doing this apparently for like 
a week or two going around to all these meetings and it sounds like they're going to like multiple a day mm-hmm. talking to people yeah I, I still don't trust it <laughs> yeah I mean I mean Dent also does say like they're they're very worried about people like spying on them and like keeping yep. track of them like they're doing very dangerous work right now yeah isn't that what mercenaries do, though? Dangerous work. <laughs> Hazard pay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Anything yeah, else? Just any any final thoughts or predictions on the book in general? Yeah, uh, my thoughts are we should go from twenty-two to fifty-four. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> okay. Darkness. Sorry, had to mute the car. Um. Do you second my opinion, Darkness? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Just have a like twenty-hour podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No. Or 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 here's here's the thing, right? <gasps> we could we could slam it all into one stream, and then you could edit it into however many episodes of podcast. The the thing is though, that you guys would have future knowledge, and we can't have that. No, because we can we can read it on stream. <laughs> oh gosh, we can read it all together. Make it a then, forty-eight hour yeah. stream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, gosh. wait one second. How much? It wouldn't be a forty-hour stream, would it? That's okay. I think it'd be longer. I, 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 I think it'd pretty... be longer. Yeah, we still got like four hundred pages. Yeah, I can tell you how long it would be. Yeah, long it would be. Uh, 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 it'd be a fifteen-hour stream. Oh my gosh. That's not including questions and discussion, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, but, no to read the book, I meant. Yeah. To um, read the book, it would be a 15-hour stream. But anyway, so I think uh, next episode, we're going to be doing chapters 23, 24, 25, and 26. Four chapters again. Oh, goodness. You're killing me with these four chapters. It's the, it's the same like page word number amount. But I don't look at pages. It's the uh, same length of content. I'm sorry, it's only four chapters. It's just their longer chapter. Like, do you. Chapter 20, 22 was like half this reading. <laughs> it was like 30 pages. Was it? Yeah. It was like 30 oh. pages out of the 50 something pages. Yeah, it was a very long. It was a very long chapter. <laughs> so these chapters are just. They're just longer. That's that's why it's less chapters. We're doing four chapters this week. And we're doing four chapters for a bit still. If you leave me on a cliffhanger, I'm gonna be so sad. I I I just did first it by off, first off, I just did it by amount of content. Happen. She's already stated it's going to happen. We are going to get left on a cliffhanger, which uh, is well. I said I, I'm gonna I'm gonna live read a cliffhanger, so you guys technically won't be stuck on it. You guys can go right back oh into reading God. after the podcast. There's there's a chapter can... that is literally one paragraph, and I'm gonna live read it to you guys on episode ten. Well, what episode are we on right now? Five. This is five. Yeah. It's I think chapter forty-five. Uh, I'm gonna live read that chapter to you guys, so that you're not left on a cliffhanger. <laughs> you're gonna be like, and hello, Andrew, and exploded. Yeah, exactly. Or or everybody died all of a sudden. Asher kills Just... everyone. <laughs> no, Nightblood kills everyone. Yeah. And then Basher um... kills Nightblood. No. <laughs> But yeah, so just the four chapters next time. Uh, and again, it'll be, as always, next Sunday. So, At yeah, thank you guys. Same around the same time, always. Yes. Yep. Thank you guys so much.
Bye. Bye. Bye.